Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, folks, we are back for another edition of the Miller Frost podcast. Of course, I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. And I hope everyone out there is having a grand gale time this weekend. I know you queens out there, you are definitely having a grand gale time now that the Sex in the City reboot is out. And I believe the name of that is And Just Like That. And Just Like That is apparently not quite up to the original. At least that's what I read in a review in the New York Post. Part of it I read was that New York has changed a lot since the show went off the air. But those three women are still carrying on like it was the early aughts. Not to mention the fact that the Queen's favorite character, Kim Cattrall's Samantha, She is not on the show this season. And if you're out there going, Well, Miller, Miller, why is Samantha the Queen's favorite? Well, folks, Kim Cattrall's character, Samantha, she is the favorite of the Queen's because she's the slutty one. She's the one that likes to sleep with all the hot young studs. Not that we're judging that here on the Miller Frost podcast. But you Queen's out there, you know what I'm talking about. That's why Blanche Devereaux was the favorite on the Golden Girls. All the queens want to be Blanche, just like all the queens want to be Samantha. Get them a strapping young stud as well. Speaking of having a grand gay old time, though, Jesse Smollett, he is not having such a grand gay old time, especially after last week. That line queen... He was found guilty on five of six charges over that fake, racist, homophobic attack. You know, folks, the one where the racist, homophobic, MAGA, Trump-loving attackers turned out to be two black guys. And Jesse, folks, you can't make this up. That stupid queen wrote them a check. A check to do that to him. And now, adding insult to injury, poor Jesse Smollett. Poor, lying Jesse Smollett. He is going to get sued by the city of Chicago in civil court to reimburse the city for all that overtime Popo got while looking for those evil, racist, MAGA-loving white guys. Who again, folks, turned out to be a couple of black guys Jesse paid by check to do that to him. Bless Jesse's heart, I guess is pretty much all I have to say on that. Guy is not even 40. And it's all downhill from here. And folks, when I say downhill, I mean like roller coaster downhill from here. His career is dead in Hollywood. If he has any money left, 
It'll be gone by the time all the lawsuits get settled out. Where does that line queen go from here? I'd say a barista at a Starbucks, but those jobs, they're all reserved for the folks with the worthless master's degrees and women's studies, BIPOC studies, LGBTQ plus studies, who have six-figure student loan debt they'll never be able to pay back. He'll probably wind up driving a delivery truck for Amazon. People be like, what the what? I think some lying black queen just delivered me my new dish towels from Amazon. And lastly, speaking of not having a grand gay old time, white boy Malcolm X and I, we watched, I keep wanting to say hair of the dog, power of the dog. Thank you, white boy Malcolm X. Not Hair of the Dog, folks. Power of the Dog on Netflix. That movie had world-renowned gay-for-pay actor Benedict Cumberbatch. Kirsten Dunst was in that. The only ginger that white boy Malcolm X would not bang, Jesse Plemons. And remember, folks, white boy Malcolm X over there, he would bang Ronald McDonald if he could. So shunning Jesse, that says a lot about Jesse. And it also had Cody Smith-McPhee. And yes, folks, Smith-McPhee is hyphenated. The way the queens were carrying on about this movie, folks, I thought it would be, and White Boy Malcolm X, I believe you thought the same thing, sir, but I thought it was going to be like an old Western version of Call Me By Your Name. I thought it was going to be the same setup. You know, you got the older guy, you got the younger guy with the, 12-year-old boy body. I don't know who looks more like a child. Timothy Chalamet or Cody Smith McPhee. And I thought it was going to be something like that. But no. So I don't know what the queens were all excited about. Not that I was, not that we watched it for that, but I don't know. It wasn't bad, just not what we were expecting. So let's go ahead and jump into our news headlines. And this first one is from The Advocate. Those Girls over at The Advocate. How Pocket Queen Pete is making inroads in transportation and fatherhood. And this story, folks, is part of The Advocate's 2021 People of the Year issue. Should I be butthurt, White Boy Malcolm X? Should I be a bit butthurt that The Advocate, those girls over at The Advocate, did not select me, Miller Frost, as one of their 2021 People of the Year? Who cares? (laughs) Yes, sir. I totally agree. Who gives a crap? Folks, if I am selected by the advocate for one of their 2021 People of the Year awards, somebody, well, I would say shoot me, but you know how leftists are. One of them would probably take me up on that offer. But I guess I'll just jump off the roof or something. But anyway, back to Pocket Queen Pete. You want to talk about a media hand job? Kissing his ass. This article about Pocket Queen Pete is it. And here, just to give you a sample, I'll give you the opening paragraph. The former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who sought the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination before throwing his support to Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer, was nominated by Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer and confirmed by the U.S. Senate as Secretary of the Department of Transportation. Which, let's face it, folks, is a payoff for which he is nowhere near qualified. Not even close. 
That queen couldn't fill a pothole if his life depended on it. This made Buttigieg the first member of the LGBTQ plus community to hold a Senate-confirmed cabinet post. And the only reason they say Senate-confirmed cabinet post is because Donald Trump, evil Donald Trump, he appointed Richard Grinnell, who we do love here on the Miller Frost podcast, he appointed him as the acting director of national intelligence. So technically, Richard Grinnell was the first queen to hold a cabinet post. But those girls over at The Advocate, they're not going to give Richard any credit whatsoever. No. They're going to parse that so Pocket Queen Pete can be first. And this is the best part of this first paragraph. At his confirmation hearing in January, he introduced his husband, Chastin Gleesman Buttigieg, to the chamber and thanked Chastin for his sacrifices and support. And remember, folks, Chastin Buttigieg is a bitter bitch, a low-ranked queen from Indiana. A couple weeks later, Pocket Queen Pete was easily confirmed to the position by a vote of 86 to 13. Gleesman, white boy Malcolm X, Chastin Gleesman Buttigieg. As if that bitter bitch, that low-ranked queen from Indiana, didn't have enough to be bitter about. Gleesman is his maiden name. And the whole article was like that, folks. My eyes were bleeding from reading that crap. Typical gay media, one extreme or the other, angel or devil. And that totally depends on your politics. So enjoy your gay celebrity, Pocket Queen Pete and Gleesman. Enjoy your media hand jobs. Have a grand gay old time getting jerked off by those girls over at The Advocate. From Fox News, VP Harris meets with activists who said, F white women. So Queen Kamala, last week she met with a couple of black female activists, which included an activist who trashed white women in a public Zoom call last year. Her name is Cora Mastersberry, and she is a donor to Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer and an appointee of D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. And back on this Zoom call last year, Barry said this, F white women, excuse me, forget the white women, they're going to do what the white men tell them to do. They be smiling in their faces, they want to stay in charge, I don't care nothing about them, we got to do what we got to do. And she just didn't trash white women, folks. Cora Masters Barry there, she also went after Trump supporters comparing them to the KKK. And this is what she said. I'm not saying everyone who voted for Trump is wearing a white sheet, but they got one in the closet and it comes out when we start messing with the economic value or the balance of power. Now, I hate to defend Cora Masters Barry here, but folks, I suspect there are some mitigating circumstances for why she felt the need to say F white women. First off, Cora Mastersberry, she has to deal with dopey white liberals. As we well know here on the Millifrost podcast, BIPOC, they do not trust dopey white liberals. Dopey white liberals start yapping, yap, 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 yap. BIPOC, they're always like, ah, Jesus Christmas, here go the dopey white liberals. And why, folks, why do BIPOC react like that? 
because BIPOC, just like everyone else, has figured out that dopey white liberals, they only carry on for two reasons. Number one, to assuage their white guilt. Number two, to virtue signal to other white people, predominantly other white liberals. So Cora Masters Barry here, if she's dealing with dopey white liberals, she knows how disingenuous they are. She knows how much they carry on just for their own sake, for selfish reasons. And since she's only targeting white chicks, dopey white chicks, I suspect, I suspect she's probably had enough of them in particular. First off, Cora here, she's probably dealing with a lot of hysterical white chicks shedding their white women's tears. Oh, boo, boo, social injustice. I'm down for the struggle. Boo. So she probably has to put up with a lot of that. And I'm sure she's sick of that. Dopey white liberal chicks, hysterical white liberal chicks, shedding their white women's tears. And when they're not shedding their white women's tears, the younger ones at least, the millennial Gen Z chicks, they go into the inner city to loot, riot, burn, have a grand gale time in the inner city, probably bang a black guy or two just to piss off their parents. They cause all this mayhem down there in the inner city before they rush back to their lily white suburbs, back to the safety of mom and dad. So I'm sure between the white women's tears and these dopey white millennial Gen Z chicks causing all sorts of mayhem in the inner city, I'm sure if Cora Mastersberry wasn't already sick of dopey white liberals, the antics of leftist white women, I'm sure that was enough to put her over the edge. And as a random aside, and speaking of hysterical white chicks, so white boy Malcolm X and I, we were down in Key West in Miami Beach for white boy Malcolm X's birthday in early October. So we're down in Miami Beach after a couple of nights in Key West, and we're wandering around South Beach, and we decide to stop off at a bar to get ourselves an adult beverage. And so we go to this bar. It's a gay bar, and they're doing some sort of brunch there. So we go in the back and sit at the bar. What we didn't realize at the time was that there was a drag show coming up. And so we're there having an adult beverage. We're skipping brunch. Who the hell eats brunch at 1 o'clock in the afternoon anyway? And this drag show kicks in, and so now we're trapped. The last thing you want to do, folks, trying to get out of a bar, is get in the way of a drag queen trying to collect those $1 bills. And so we're there. We're basically held hostage. And there are, folks, there's not one, but there are two bachelorette parties. Two tables of hysterical white chicks drunk off mimosas in a gay bar in South Beach. And so one of the drag queens, you know, folks, typical drag queen, fakes the song for 30 seconds, spends the rest of the song walking around collecting money. She's having to put up with two tables a drunk white chicks carrying on just like white chicks like to do. And so the drag queen, she made some comment, and I can't remember what it was, but she said something about white girl drunk. And I turned to white boy Malcolm X, and I'm like, man, I am stealing that the first chance I get. I guess I didn't steal it. Not like that bartender did when he added 20 bucks to our tab. But that's what you have to face. 
with some of these dopey millennial Gen Z white chicks if they weren't narcissistic enough when they're sober. Drunk, hysterical, millennial Gen Z white chicks. That is a force of evil in and of itself. So anyway, let's not be too quick to judge Cora Masters Barry here. She may be a vicious racist. Hell, I take that back. She is a vicious racist. But I kinda, maybe, sorta, possibly see why she's a bit frustrated here. But in any case, Cora, you have fun with that. From Reuters, Stacey Abrams announces second bid for governor of Georgia. So apparently, folks, Stacey Abrams, who parlayed her last loss in 2018, turned that into her being a voting rights activist. She is running again for the governor of Georgia. The last election, which she lost by about 55,000 votes, she blamed on voter suppression, a rigged election. And Stacy, according to Reuters, she is not only a voting rights activist, but she is a former member of the Georgia House of Representatives, a lawyer, an entrepreneur, and if this doesn't make you throw up a little in your mouth, a romance novelist. And I can only imagine, folks, what Stacey Abrams writes as a romance novelist. Probably the most disturbing sex scenes one can read. But I digress. And not that Stacey is worth the time, but I guess I have two points on this one. First off, don't you love the gaslighting about rigged elections? Donald Trump can mention a rigged election. All the media girls get the vapors. Oh, Donald Trump is a mortal threat to democracy. He's a dictator trying to overthrow an election. You know how those girls in the media are, folks. They carry on and on and on about all that. Stacey Abrams, though, she waddles out there. They stole that election. She is a voting rights activist. She is a champion of democracy, a creepy romance novelist, what have you. She is a pillar of the community for saying basically the exact same thing. Second, I know some of you out there are scratching your head. What the hell is this clown doing running again? To you, I would just ask this. What is the downside? If she wins, she's governor of Georgia. If she loses, she reinforces her celebrity. She gets to be Hillary 2.0, playing the victim, blaming racism, sexism, whatever they call discrimination against the obese. She can parlay all that into making huge bank as a voting rights activist, which, let's face it, folks, I would not be surprised if that was the true endgame here. All the good woke folk out there, down for the struggle. They do love earning those Benjamins. So, Stacy, enjoy your second run. Have yourself a grand gay old time. And good luck making huge bank after you lose next year. This next one is for all you virgin pajama boys. Living in your parents' basement. Ah, not that sex doll in the corner. Playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations. Masturbating to Marvel Films masturbating to DC Comics, masturbating to whatever the hell they posted on Reddit this week. 
freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. This story is from The Mix, and it's for you. Spider-Man star to play Fred Astaire in upcoming biopic. So apparently, folks, Tom Holland, and we were just talking about him, what, a week or two ago? That Tom Holland, that Spider-Man, he is the new soul of the Marvel Universe. And remember, folks, to way too many people out there, the Marvel Universe is way better than the real one. But while we were talking about Tom Holland being the soul of the Marvel Universe, I made an offhanded comment about him being a song and dance man. Some article a few months back, someone referred to him as a song and dance man. And what I said was, if somebody calls you a song and dance man, they're basically calling you a queen. To me, that is one and the same. And now, here we are with this. Him playing dancing icon Fred Astaire. And I didn't know this until I read this article. But Tom Holland, he is a trained Broadway dancer. So apparently, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, he actually is a song and dance man. Or, as white boy Malcolm X likes to say, a dancing queen. I'm not calling him a closet case queen. But if the dancing shoe fits, and we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, Amazon is also doing a movie about Fred Astaire. Theirs is starring Jamie Bell, whose big movie breakout, God knows how long ago that was. That was Billy Elliot, which ironically, Tom Holland apparently did that on Broadway. But I watched Jamie in, I think it was an AMC show. The show's called Turn, Washington Spies. It's about the Revolutionary War. It was actually a pretty good series, so it'll be interesting to see him as Fred Astaire. So there you go, folks. Not one, but two Fred Astaire movies, both of which will be a bomb. Yes, a bomb, white boy Malcolm X. Millennial Gen Z kids, you think they're going to go see a movie about a dead white guy? No, not on your life. But if you do watch it, you have fun with that. From the post-millennial, 40% of Hispanics offended by the woke Latinx term. Hmm, who would have thought that a word, made up and primarily used by dopey white liberals? Oh, I love the BIPOC folk. I'm down for the struggle. I love the word Latinx. Who would have thought that word, Latinx, would annoy Hispanics? Couldn't see that one coming, huh? And so I guess Politico... They did a nationwide poll of Hispanics, and they asked them about the word Latinx. Now, I'm sure the Hispanics, getting asked that question, what do you think of the word Latinx? They were probably like, ah, Jesus Christmas, that made-up word? There go the dopey white liberals again with their stupid virtue signaling. Those Hispanics, though, folks, 40% found it offensive. 30% said they wouldn't vote for a candidate who used it including one-fourth of Democrats. And when asked which words they liked, 68% preferred the term Hispanic, 21% preferred Latino or Latina, and only 2%, they liked the word Latinx. Probably Hispanics, surrounded by dopey white liberals, who just used the term, have accepted the term, J 
just to shut them up. And I saw another study, forgot to pull it for the podcast, but I saw another one where Hispanics are now 50-50 split between Democrats and Republicans, which means, folks, we're about 1% away from full-throttle Democratic support for building that wall. The Democrats, they did not let these people in to elect Republicans. No, that is not going to happen. So you Hispanics out there, Latinx, if you're a snooty white liberal, on behalf of white people everywhere, I do apologize for the dopey white liberal and their idiotic virtue signaling, making up the word Latinx to show how down for the struggle they are. That's just how they are. They're too dumb to educate otherwise. So just try and do what the rest of us do. Ignore them as best you can. So for this next group of stories, well, folks, I go to Pink News just to find an article that annoys me. I have complete faith in Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, to write something that will trigger me, which, of course, I can then bring onto this podcast, laugh at the story, laugh at them, life goes on. This week, though, folks, this week I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I got six stories that annoyed me. So I thought, instead of trying to pick just one, having regret over not using one of the other five, I thought I would do a Pink News rapid-fire block. So let's go ahead and jump into these. Rapid-fire from Pink News. Will Wheaton apologizes for past homophobia and explains how comedy like Dave Chappelle's hurts. Will Wheaton from Star Trek Generations. Poor Will here. He is suffering from a classic case of Madonna syndrome. Oh, look at me, look at me. I'm still relevant. Another dopey white liberal virtue signaling to the tribe. Our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. And not that I care, but white boy Malcolm X. Is Will Wheaton, is that has-been Wesley Crusher, is he a member of the tribe? You hope not. (laughs) Yeah, I hope not either. Like, we don't have enough D-list celebrities to go around. Colton Underwood, that new queen, and his guide, his pimp, his escort, Goose Kentworthy, that's enough for us. Next up, Hawkeye quietly introduces new queer character into Marvel Cinematic Universe. So another one for all you virgin pajama boys living in your parents' basement, eyeing up that sex on the corner, playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations, masturbating to Marvel films, masturbating to DC Comics, masturbating to whatever the hell they post on Reddit this week, freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. Here's another one just for you. And the only thing I would say about this, who isn't, these days, a member of the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? At this point, folks, I, I think it's safe to assume that everyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is some sort of queer, full stop. Madonna slams 50 Cent for BS Apology And folks, Grandma Madonna, speaking of Madonna syndrome, 
She didn't just say BS. After rapper ridiculed her risque lingerie pictures. And that's what 50 Cent gets for apologizing. But 50 Cent, folks, he likened, I got to give him some credit for this. He likened her to the Wicked Witch of the East. 50 Cent, he also went on to Instagram. And this is what he said. This is the funniest crap. But folks, he did not use the word crap. LOL, that's Madonna under the bed trying to do like a virgin at 63. She shot out if she don't get her old ass up. So I'm not the only one, I guess, making fun of Grandma Madonna for carrying on at 63, having a huge episode of Madonna Syndrome, looking for some attention. So we gave her some, so let's move on. Months of anxiety-induced lockdown helped me finally come out as non-binary. And this, folks, was written by Hexen Wilson. And Hexen is H-E-X-E-N. And I guess that is, possibly, maybe, a top five non-binary first name. But Hexen, just like all the other non-binary folk out there, they come complete with green, pink, and blue hair, a tongue piercing, and tattoos. And I would just say this, Hexen, this is not our first rodeo dealing with you non-binary folk out there. So I will just say this. I would not, just me personally, blame months of anxiety-inducing lockdowns for this. Like all millennial Gen Z kids out there, you just have to feel super special and unique. So you're doing exactly the same thing what everyone else your age is doing. You think, Hexen, that you're the first tattooed, pierced, funky colored hair, non-binary kid out there? No, not even close. There are probably a million of you Literally a million kids out there with exactly the same look, the same shtick. I could put all of you in the same room. And Hexen, I hate to break this to you, but I couldn't tell any of you apart if my life depended on it. As long as you're happy there, though, even if you're just another in a long, long, long line of pain-in-the-ass kids with self-esteem issues. Elliot Page radiates gender euphoria in shirtless selfie, and fans are in awe. Do I even want to know what gender euphoria is? Much less how one can actually radiate gender euphoria. Jesus Christmas, another one with severe attention issues. Michael Urie explains why straight actors need to stay away from gay roles. We're tired of it. And I think, white boy Malcolm X, I think that this queen, Michael Urey, he is throwing shade at world-renowned gay-for-pay actor Benedict Cumberbatch, who again, folks, we just watched last night in The Hair of the Dog. I mean, The Power of the Dog. Jesus Christmas with that stupid name. Michael here. This queen just wants to get paid. So, of course, he just wants only gay actors filling gay roles. Michael, girlfriend, sister-girlfriend, you have got to know by now that putting actors into roles, 
even if it's gay for pay. That is all about the Benjamins. If those producers thought sticking you in a movie and not Benedict Cumberbatch or Army Hammer or Timothy Chalamet or whoever else does gay for pay, if they thought they can make more money putting your gay ass in the film, they would have done that already. But they look at you and they're like, meh, he couldn't sell five tickets on his best day. And as a random aside, I wonder what Michael Yuri, I wonder what that queen thinks of Elliot Page playing a woman on Umbrella Academy. I wonder if that upsets his woke sensibilities. A man playing the part of a woman. Probably not, because Elliot's transgender. Which means, as always, it's selective outrage. From Forbes, judge denies Taylor Swift's request to throw out shake-it-off copyright infringement suit. So apparently, folks, a federal judge, he is allowing a copyright infringement case to go forward against Taylor Swift for her 2014 song, Shake It Off, because it sounds too much like 3LW's 2001 song, Play Is Gonna Play. And so that is going to move forward to a jury trial. And this judge out there in California, Michael Fitzgerald, he wrote in his ruling that there are significant similarities in the lyrics and in the sequence structure of the two songs. And Michael here, Judge Michael, he is about to find out how nutty, how rabidly fanatical those losers in the Taylor Swift fan club how crazy they all really are. Those boys, those girls, those non-binary freakish fans out there who drool and foam at the mouth over Taylor Swift, they are really going to let this judge have it. Taylor Swift, she's like a god to these losers, and nobody, nobody messes with their deity. And I kind of, sort of, maybe possibly stands slightly corrected. I called I called Taylor a couple weeks back, Madonna in high hip pants. But she may be, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, she may be more like Ed Sheeran, accused plagiarist Ed Sheeran, than Madonna. So you folks, especially you Taylor Swift fans out there, you kids have fun with all that. And our last story, folks, is from the New York Post. Mom, 48, stole daughter's identity to start college, date younger guys. So apparently, folks, this chick, this 48-year-old chick, Laura Oglesby, she stole her daughter, Lauren Hayes, stole her identity. She got herself a copy of Lauren's Social Security card, moved to Missouri, told everyone she was Lauren Hayes, and was only 22 years old. And just like every middle-aged white woman with kids does, she started dressing like a 20-something. Clothes, makeup, personality, ran around pretending to be in her 20s. And then, folks, she decided to enroll in Southwest Baptist University. She gets herself some financial aid, took out $9,400 in federal student loans, about $6,000 in Pell Grants, and she goes off to college. And to tell you how stupid they are in Missouri, 
How dumb Gen Z guys are these days. She rolls into Southwest Baptist University, creeping up on 50 years old, and she's got every idiot over there convinced she's only 22 years old. And now that she's been busted, she's facing about five years in jail for that little romp on the Southwest Baptist University campus. And the only reason I brought this story up, folks, is because, let's face it, we have an epidemic of high school teachers banging that fresh teacher bait. They can't help themselves. For some reason, they like to bang those 15, 16-year-old boys. So this, well, I mean, not the illegal part, but this may be an alternative. Let's channel those sex drives to bang substantially younger men into a more legal way. If we can get all the high school teachers the horny ones that like to bang 15-year-old boys, if we can get them all enrolled at Southwest Baptist University, they can bang every 18- and 19-year-old boy around. They apparently like to bang the older women anyway. And it's all perfectly legal. Nobody gets, statutorily speaking, raped. It's a win-win. Horny high school teachers, they get to bang a much younger guy. Horny college boys, they get to bang an older woman. Nobody goes to jail. Just a thought there, folks. Just an idea. Better than the alternative. So on that note, since I cannot top this middle-aged cougar taking her daughter's identity, enrolling in a Baptist college to bang young college boys, even if she's going to jail for it, since I cannot top that it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Sunday edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. 
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.